You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 5th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but I promise you certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with my baseball-related work at other places like JustBaseball.com, which I admittedly haven't written for in a little bit. My apologies. Uh, I will get back to that soon. I'll be writing about the Padres and all sorts of uh, fun stuff uh, as we close out the year. Or you can check me out on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, where I tweet a bunch of nonsense there on both Padres and other stuff. Uh, And if you just want only Padres stuff, Lockdown Padres um, on Twitter is at L-O underscore Padres. And also Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Thank you for making us your first listen on every platform. Got to cover that. Got to put that out there. We very much appreciate it. I like the idea of people driving to work. You know, maybe they pick up their their order of Dunkin' or Starbucks, perhaps, and then they get back in their car, and you're listening to Locked On Padres to have you kind of broke down, not broke down, to kind of break down for you everything that's going on with the Padres, guys. Uh, Today's episode, we got to talk about a bunch of rumors, and it's kind of funny that I have very much stressed to take all rumors and MLB trade rumor reports. I don't care what outlet, to be honest with you, just to take them with a grain of salt because we've seen over and over again that for whatever reason, baseball reporting is not conducive to being, like the rumor mill isn't as accurate as usual. And that doesn't mean that there's lying or anything going on. It just means that things change quickly, right? A good example that I tweeted out yesterday was how Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's, a name that people might be familiar with if you're a Padres fan, uh, is a guy who's on the block because he's one of the best catchers available. Might even be better than Wilson Contreras uh, in the long run, who's the free agent right now coming out of Chicago. Um, so he's obviously a trade candidate because the A's stink and whatnot. And the one report, literally like an hour later, it was the first report was, oh, um, the, the Braves are considered the front runners. Then an hour later, uh, he still looks like he's going to be traded, but uh, it won't be the Braves. It's like, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? It's just, it's incredible stuff. It's incredible stuff. So I say all of that to say what I'm about to talk about, also take it with a grain of salt, but also understand that, look, it's content, baby. You know, I, I got to get some stuff out here. We got to talk about this stuff. And that's Mr. Trey Turner and Brian Reynolds. It came out on like Friday night afternoon-ish that the Padres had actually met with Mr. Trey Turner in person twice. Look at that. How about that? Pretty cool, right? I know, I know. It's pretty awesome. AJ Preller, just the daddy Preller, as I've called him many times, as the many times I've asked for him to murder me. It's really, really exciting that the Padres are just at least showing that they're very much interested in still going out there, right? You had the quotes from Seidler, you had the quotes from Preller after the season ended that said, look, yes, we're still, we're still committed to winning. We're not just going to, now I'm paraphrasing and whatnot, you know, we're not just going to say, oh yeah, we made it really far and that was a fun season, but forget it. Because so many other teams in baseball do do that. And they're like, all right, this is cool. Now we're going to trade our best players and then pretend that that'll somehow help, right? Instead of just investing and going forward and not stopping halfway. So I do appreciate that the Padres have been inked to so many different players. Reportedly, they did offer Jose Bray a three-year deal. Don't know the details and whatnot. That was from Dennis Lynn of The Athletic. So that's really cool. And obviously they signed Robert Suarez. They brought back Nick Martinez. 
And now you get a report that Trey Turner all of a sudden, who Padres fans, oh man, you know how it feels. One, first of all, the fact that he was traded and he was on the Dodgers, right? Obviously the infamous Max Scherzer incident when it looked like he was going to the Padres and then he wasn't, and they got Trey Turner too. And on top of that, famously, or more infamously, was traded for Will Myers. And that was not great because then Trey Turner went out to be one of the best shortstops in baseball. And that's what he is. He is one of the best shortstops in baseball. I think that the upside of some other shortstops out there, obviously Tatis, obviously um, guys like Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor are among them, but Trey Turner's right there. It really is a, a really, the top tier of shortstops. You could argue, or at least sometimes could argue, depending on the year, that the best players in baseball overall have been coming from the shortstop position, right? Or certainly the most fun players, but uh, in terms of the best overall players with Tatis and the guys that I just mentioned, right? The Padres meeting with him twice, I don't know what this means because I think that the Padres, while they are certainly going to uh, spend, they're certainly going to invest. They have a lot more pieces that they have to figure out. Got to figure out some outfield stuff. They got to figure out first base with Jose Abreu no longer on the market. They got to figure out the last rotation spot. There's plenty of stuff to figure out, which is why the idea of a Trey Turner deal sounds extremely unlikely to me, just based the sheer fact that there are other teams that are probably going to need him more and other teams that maybe have a little bit more to offer. If they were to sign Trey Turner, that would give you three, technically three shortstops on the roster. Uh, that would give you Hassan Kim, Trey Turner, and the goober, Fernando Tatis Jr. And it's for that reason that I don't see this necessarily happening. And it's not because I don't want it to happen. It would be very cool, although I don't think, much like, you know, infamously, I wasn't all for the Juan Soto trade. It was because I feel like the Padres do have plenty of stars, right? That being said, though, Trey Turner, I think some people might not realize, and this, granted, this is maybe just a, a, a bubble that I'm stuck in, but some people might not realize Trey Turner, while he is primarily known for speed and his batting average, that's kind of been what his thing has been. Uh, for the majority of his career. The past few years, he's really tapped into his power. This year, he had 21 homers, and then the previous year, in 2021, he nearly won the MVP, if not for the fact that the Dodgers were so stacked that it'd be absurd, in my opinion, to vote him MVP. He hit 28 homers that year, and then every year previously, he never hit more than 20 home runs. So he's tapped into more power, which is exciting. His strikeout rate is still really solid. It's been below 20% ever since his rookie year, which is great. He obviously has the aforementioned speed. He's got all the base running stuff that you could want. And defensively, while he isn't like a stalwart, he is not a Lindor, he is not a, you know, uh, a, a, even a Trevor Story or even, you know, guys like that. Um, the, the really top tier shortstops, Carlos Correa. Um, he's still, he has never been like a liability there, which is good. You don't want a guy who is going to detract from his value offensively if his defense is that bad, right? And that's not the case with Mr. Um, Mr. Trey Turner, just in terms of if you want to look at defensive runs saved and what have you, um, he's been awesome, right? He has had some negative years, but it hasn't been really like a liability for a position. He is not the upside guy at that position defensively, but he's certainly solid enough. And since his bat and everything else that he can do, the durability has been phenomenal for a while now. Like, that's why Trey Turner is arguably the even more of a top free agent than Carlos Correa, at least. But then again, that's just go either way, right? I think the reason that this rumor is popping up is because, and Dennis Lynn wrote about this in The Athletic as well, is because the fact that Jose Abreu being off the market, and it doesn't feel like this is a exclusively a thing having to do with the Padres. 
it feels like ever since Jose Abreu came off the market, a lot of teams, there's just not any traction on any other first base options. And that, I think that's because a lot of people realize in the league, just kind of a shallow position right now. Mm. Just kind of a shallow position. And if the Padres want to, they already have another first baseman on their roster. And that's Jake Cronorth, who has played the position commendably. You can move Hassan Kim over to shortstop or Tatis. So their unique roster construction that they have right now is why it could potentially make sense for them to get either Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts, whatever. And it would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. The problem is I think Trey Turner is probably going to get paid. He is still just 29 years old. So he's going to get a big chunky, like seven year contract, probably maybe in the 30 million average annual value range, right? That's totally possible. Um, I don't know what's going to happen again. I could be dead wrong, but if they were to do that, then in theory, that would be a lot more of a, okay, so this is going to be the last big Padres move, and then they're really going to have to go bargain bin hunting. If that's the case, and again, I don't know for sure. It just seems what's likely is they have around maybe like $25 million to spend this offseason left, which still, you could do a lot with that. I just don't know if I see that. I don't know if I see them doing that. And also, I don't know if they should because, again, how many times do I have to stress my opinion, which is that, the Padres don't need more superstars. I, of course, would love it. I would love if you could potentially trade um, some low-tier prospects and finagle your way into getting a top-level player, right? We're going to talk about Brian Reynolds in a second. But I don't really think that this is the r direction to go, and I think that there are a lot of interesting buy-low options that could pan out really well for the Padres. Maybe they think, oh, we're not getting Rodon. Jacob deGrom just went to the Rangers, so their thing is, we're, we don't care who the last pitcher is. It'll just be some random bargain boom guy. Or they go for Cody Senga, a uh, star coming out of Japan, who, notably, uh, was teammates with Robert Suarez and is also tight with Hugh Darvish and guys like that. So that is certainly um, a thing to bring up when it comes to this conversation, is that uh, Senga could be an interesting um, option for the Padres, considering those aforementioned um, connections. But, will it happen? I don't know, folks. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. It would be fun, though. It would be fun. Trey Turner, Keith Law, our boy, who I brought up on this podcast, has him as the second overall best free agent in the class. Maybe Xander Bogart's rumors were just smokescreen. I don't know. All I know is, out of all the teams in baseball that you actually kind of have to take these flimsy interested in rumors seriously it actually is the Padres it's like the Padres the Dodgers the Mets teams like that the teams that have shown over and over that they're willing to spend the Padres are also willing to trade all the time so it would not surprise me if I if we get a report tomorrow that the Padres are interested in Shane Bieber I would 100% believe it because it's totally possible because they've shown that they have no fear in making the blockbuster trades because AJ Preller is a legend he is not afraid of anything he's not afraid of losing he always bets big, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of betting, really quickly, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about the best number one exclusive top dog betting site. It is betonline.net. For all sports betting odds, info, stats, news, analysis, whatever you want, you can get it on baseball, you get it on basketball, you get it on professional football, you can probably get stuff on the World Cup, you can probably even make some Oscars bets. Not really because the nominees haven't come out yet, but you get my point when they do come out. 
BetOnline will be there for you for whatever dumb movie that they decide is the best picture frontrunner that nobody actually saw or cared about. But that's fine, guys. They uh, will keep you very, very uh, informed when it comes to all of your betting needs. So go check them out, whether it's your mobile device or desktop or whatever. You can learn more about it. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Potters your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. Um, let's continue to talk about Trey Turner and these rumors and whatnot. I think that one of the very um, fun things about this offseason is that the Padres have just been in on everybody, seemingly. And while the Trey Turner news, I believe overall that he will not be a San Diego Padre. And I do not think that that's a bad thing. I need to emphasize that. There are a lot of really interesting free agents. My number one free agent. My number one free agent that I really, really would love to see the Padres get, and it's not because it's necessarily their top option, but it's one of my favorites when you take into account the upside, when you take into account how little it might cost, comparatively speaking to other players, it's Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto, who over his last like 550 at-bats, solid you know, on-base percentage, he has an OPS of 837, he's good. He's a good player, and I do not believe that people should let 2021, a year in which the entire pot uh, Mets offense was in a funk. Lindor couldn't hit. Uh, Pilonza was like the only one. Jeff McNeil, all that guy does is hit singles and get walks. He couldn't do either of those things. He was too busy getting probably punched by Lindor in the face over the raccoon incident or whatever, right? <clears throat> you have that issue. And then you have... Just in general, among the free agents that are left, all right? Forget Aaron Judge for a second, I get it. Michael Conforto, yes, remove last season. Let's just talk about games played, the last, like, 500 or so games. He's in the top categories among all the remaining free agents when it comes to power. When it comes to home runs, yes, I know that there's some weird ones in there. If you take into account from, say, those 550 games played, right? Cody Bellinger is in the top five, and Cody Bellinger is nothing right now, right? Joey Gallo, same thing. But I'll tell you two things about those players. Very, very low-cost options. I would much prefer Gallo, by the way, over Cody Bellinger. But there's some power on the market that you can get for very less than I think is going to cost for some of these top dogs out there, right? At least that's just me. And I think that the Padres also, on top of Michael Conforto, should potentially, you know, as usual, we've been hearing these rumors for what seems like forever. And I remember Joe, not Joey Gallo, and I remember um, Josh Hader was a guy that the Padres were rumored and attached to forever. And then it finally happened. The player I'm talking about this time, though, is Brian Reynolds, who on Saturday, as I am hanging out, enjoying my life, and watching the World Cup, very fun, by the way, when the USA scored. I love being around a bunch of people. People lost their minds. It was great. I know they lost, but that was cool. Argentina game was fun, too. Japan game was fun, too. They upset Spain, I think. It was pretty cool. But I'm out here enjoying my life, and then I get the notification that Brian Reynolds has requested a trade offer. And I think that this is 100% a possibility this time. I think that him outright requesting it is a sign that this could happen. And I also think that, unlike last time... There's actually some concern with Brian Reynolds, at least a little bit. He didn't have the best of seasons this past year, and especially when it came to his defense. His defense wasn't particularly good. He had a 2.9 F4 after having a 6.1 
F4 the year before, which just goes to show you that you don't always want to put your eggs in just one basket when you're making a trade. Remember when C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore was what it might have cost to get this guy? I remember that. You guys might not. Oh, I remember it, though. That's why you don't always want to pull the trigger on these players. That being said, though, Brian Reynolds is under control for a long time, and he's only 27. And the body of work of his career, 3.4 F4 his rookie year, it's really hard for me to count and take seriously 2020. And then 2021, that's 6.1, and 2.9 this past year. I just really like the idea of the Padres having waited a year, and then they can maybe scoop this guy up for nothing. They've been interested before, and the Padres do need some outfield help. Whatever happens with Tatis, okay, but they have left field potentially open with Jerickson Profar being a free agent. We don't know where he's going to go. And then... Also, forget the fact that Tatis is a lot injured, so even if he does play the outfield, you're going to want to have something that's a little bit more stable. And then you have Trent Grisham, who's very weird and just the bane of my existence in a lot of ways. Although he's not a terrible player, he has been the bane of my existence. But in terms of defensive run saves and outs above average, not that great for Mr. Brian Reynolds, But he's and he's been really up and down when it comes to center field. In 2021, he had 10 outs above average playing center field. And then this past year... Minus seven. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I really am curious, and I don't know enough about this. I really think that defense goes up and down a lot more than people realize. We always say that guys will just fall off a cliff in the offensive production, but I don't think this defense thing is as guaranteed. We saw it with Soto. Soto's not old. We saw it with Tatis. He's not old, right? Brian Reynolds isn't old. It makes you wonder, like, what's going on here? Defense is not this guarantee. I think it's a fun thing to put in there for the most part, when you're talking about free agents, when you're talking about who is the best of the best of players out there who will maximize their value or at least give you a higher floor. But it's this Brian Reynolds is a great example of someone that I don't necessarily know for sure um, how to feel about it, right? And also, in terms of defensive runs saved, he was pretty atrocious. In 2022, he had minus 14, which is just wild in center field. Um, I, I, like, I just, I don't know what to say about that, right? So he went from being... He went from being plus 10 outs above average in 2021 and then to minus 7. And then he went from being minus 5 defensive run save, which is obviously not good, to minus 14. So he's weird. He's a weird player. And I think because of the weirdness and I think because of the trade request, it's not entirely impossible that the Padres could potentially get him. Now, that being said, what would it cost? Jackson Merrill is currently the top Padres prospect right now. And as you might have heard, they gave up the entire farm uh, for Mr. Juan Soto, which is fine. All right. We've talked about this before. It's cool. Um, but that being said, if Jackson Merrill is the centerpiece of this trade, I don't mind that at all in a vacuum. Because in a vacuum, we're just talking about the, the comparison between one player and another. I would be a little bit nervous to trade more out of a system that is really, really dead while Jackson Merrill, I've heard really good things about. Aram Layton came on the show not too long ago. He's a prospect guru, uh, and he said he likes this guy. He thinks that he's Bryson Stott with more upside. Don't let that name freak you out. I love that. I think that could be a really valuable piece. They've got some other guys. But for the most part, the Padres' farm system is kind of it's, – it's dying out. Joshua Mears, remember when he was exciting for a little bit? He doesn't seem like he's much. Dylan Lesko, Robbie Snelling, Samuel Zavala, Igai Rosario, right? Like, there's not too many guys here. 
You want to throw in Ray Kerr? I don't know. Um, what's his face? Who was on this show, Kevin Copps. He didn't have such a great season, right? So the Padres farm system is extremely, extremely shallow. Um, and I just, that makes me wonder, should you hold on to Merrill for a little bit longer, right? If it's possible to trade some of your lesser known guys, I would do that, right? I would. But I would be a little bit hesitant to potentially do that now. I will say. I will say the counter to this argument, which I imagine some people are saying is, well, that's why you want the terms of, not terms of service, the uh, the, the the years of control. That way, after three years, hopefully it's not just a Jackson Merrill in the farm system. Some dude will emerge. They'll do some drafting, which they've been remarkably good at, by the way. The Padres and A.J. Preller, while he does get slandered by the, the mean people for some of the trades that haven't worked out, we talked about trade Turner earlier, they haven't gotten a lot of credit for the fact that every time they make all these giant trades and you're worried that their whole farm is dead, they kind of managed to still get back in there pretty quickly, right? Obviously, after Preller's first tenure with all those trades for Myers and Upton and and uh, and Matt Kemp, right, he retooled. And then they also retooled after they did the Snell, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove trades. All of that. And Adam Frazier trade, if you want to throw that in there, right? I think that they've been good at being able to replenish their system in a fair, like they've, they've given us at least if someone told me to trust them, that they're going to be able to rebuild their farm system. The Padres are at least in the, on the short list for teams that if on paper, it looks bad, but they told me to my face, they're like, don't worry, we got this. I actually would kind of believe them. That's exciting. So that's the case to be made for a trade for Brian Reynolds is that, so much years of control that hopefully the farm would build out under them. It means that your outfield is pretty secure for a while, especially if Tatis um, is who you want to play in right field. And then you could potentially get a big-time free agent. Imagine, could you imagine if the Padres went out and traded, right, for Brian Reynolds and then also signed a Bogarts or a Trey Turner or a, a Rodon, like another top-level free agent? I don't know if that's going to happen, but... That would be really exciting, and I think that that <coughs> <coughs> wow, I'm coughing a lot lately. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'm okay though. Um, I do think that that would be really thrilling and exciting in a lot of ways, and I would not object to it. I would just say though, the Conforto thing is a good example of why I don't think that these are must-make moves. I think the Padres are in a really good position. But before we continue onwards, guys, hopefully I don't. You know, cough and drop dead by the end of this episode, apparently. Uh, let me talk to you guys about something that keeps you safe. All right, It's not always easy making all these prospect trades, let me believe you. That makes you nervous, too. But when it comes to things that really matter, keeping you safe in your home, let me tell you. At Lockdown Padres, we believe home. Home, home, home. Good old home, sweet home. Should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. Gets crazy out here, man. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. Simply safe. It's a great system, ain't it? It's 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 fantastic. And right now, they're offering Lockdown Padres listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I talked about it many, many a times on this here show. I love the sense of security. I love feeling comfortable. I love that 24-7 monitoring is what Simply Safe gives you. I love that they were named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. A third, count it, third year in a row. That's right, three, like the amount of years left of Brian Reynolds' club control. Good stuff. In an emergency, 
professional um, monitors. They send some um, local authorities, give you a fast response, even if you're not home. That's right. You can even check on the app. You can arm or disarm the, the system. If Just in case maybe you got a friend coming over, you don't want them to get, you know, get the cops called on them. Don't worry. They got you covered with this. It's great. It's great, ladies and gentlemen. And let me just say again, one more time. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't miss. Don't wait or miss. Your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Mm. All right. Let's continue, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue. Um, so yeah, that's kind of I mean that's kind of my overall breakdown on these these players, right? It's it's just so exciting, right? And I actually do think that Brian Reynolds, it's more likely personally that I think he gets traded to the Marlins. I think the Marlins have a little bit more prospect capital, and they are so desperate for outfield help while the Padres are, you know, potentially right, potentially getting an awesome outfielder. I did have some people responding saying that Tatis was was bad in his small sample size in the outfield. I don't know if he was bad. The guy was in and out of the lineup, and he was hurt. He was just trying to stay healthy. I think that Tatis, because of his arm and because of his overall athleticism, is worth a look at nearly every position aside from catcher and pitcher, right? Like, I just think that just purely based on that, he could potentially do it. And I also think he's going to be motivated to do well in the outfield. And that's because we've said this a lot of times. A lot of people have made this point. It's not original, but he's going to be... He's got a lot to prove. He needs to earn back the trust from not only Padres brass, but Padres fans, his teammates. So I would not be surprised. This is not a guy who can afford to go out there and maybe lollygag a little bit in the outfield. He can't do that. You know why? Because the Padres are not going to be happy, and they have Hassan Kim at shortstop. Or they could have a Trey Turner at shortstop. It's wild, right? It's so wild how this could happen. So he's not in the driver's seat when it comes to uh, like any any type of preferential position treatment, right? He's not going to get his shortstop position right now, or at least that's the vibe that seems to be coming out of Padres camp and just general or the team, especially because Hassan Kim was literally nominated for a gold glove. He's a very capable defender, and who knows, might even evolve and get better as a batter. It's going to be his third year in the league, and it'll be his second straight season where he starts uh, like more consistently. I think that his first year he's still catching up to to major league speeds and all that stuff. And he was in and out of the lineup. It was really weird and shaky. So there you go. But man, uh, I, I don't know. All I know is I am all in on Michael Conforto. I really am. That is going to be what I take with me to the grave, ladies and gentlemen, is that I think Michael Conforto is this year's Marcus Simeon. I really do. And what I mean by that is just a guy who did have a poor year um, previously. Marcus Simeon with the A's just fell off a bit. And Michael Conforto. Although the years weren't like that nightmarish, right? Michael Conforto's last year uh, in 2021 before his injury in 2022 cost him the season. Before he wasn't that bad. He still hit for a decent amount of power. He just kind of got robbed a little bit. A lot of defensive stuff. And again, with the Mets just not being as good. So that's why Michael Conforto's one for me. I think this guy could easily hit 25 home runs at minimum. I think he's a 250 batting average guy with a 340 on base, something along that line. Probably even higher if we're being honest. I think he had an off year, and I think that he's going to be motivated. You can get him on a one-year deal, prove-it deal. So, yes, 
the 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 ideal would be if you could get like a three and a half f4 four f4 guy in brian reynolds and have him under control for a while that is more preferred than taking a chance on um michael conforto for a one-year prove it deal and then you just have to once again be faced with the question of oh right who's going to be the, who, all right we have another outfield question though after this offseason it's totally possible or maybe you could do both why not why not throw Grisham in there? No offense to Trey Grisham, but you, you you say Grisham, you say Jackson Merrill, you trade for Brian Reynolds, you sign Michael Conforto on one year, ten million, something like that. I don't know. I don't really have a projection for what uh he would get. Let's see what Keith Law says. Actually, now I think about it. What what does Keith Law say here? Let me find this uh top fifty free agent thing. Um. Let's see here. He's a high OBP guy who should show average power. And pull for, okay, he doesn't have a prediction for that. But it is also true that him declining the Mets qualifying offer, I still don't know what happened with Michael Conforto last year. I don't understand what happened. How, like, I don't know why he declined the qualifying offer only to miss an entire season. Like, I don't understand what Michael Conforto and his agent were doing. I The only explanation is that the literal second after he said no on the qualifying offer in my mind is that he went out to ball a little bit and just messed up his arm, right? Like, that's the only explanation. doesn't make any sense. That being said, I like Conforto a lot. I think he'd be a really great fit for this team. He would cost nothing. Give you some extra room to then go out and get yourself, I don't know, some really good right-hand um, um, pitching. If you want to get another bullpen guy, you can get Rafael Montero. Right, there are other guys out there that I like to fill that last spot in the rotation, which I think is a little bit more of a preference because there's no depth there. Padres farm system, there is a reason why we were all excited about Mackenzie Gore last year, and that's because he's kind of the only guy. They also gave up Robert Gasser. He's with the Brewers right now in the Josh Hader trade, a trade that you know we're gonna see. I hope he's great this year, but this is this is why you got to be careful because Robert Gasser was the only other. Kind of high upside, it seems, pitching prospect that the Padres had, at least for now. Mm. So that's my thing. I am going to be shouting for the rest of the offseason about how much I would love Michael Conforto on this team. What I mean, just see, now I'm getting out of hand. Now I'm sounding like the people who are on Twitter and they just type in in the tweet, I think the Padres should sign, you know, Mike Trout. It's like, all right, yeah, everybody would like to have the best available player, right? But. Man, like that trade for Brian Reynolds I just mentioned, Grisham and Jackson Merrill, that's not bad. If he's demanding a trade, that's not that bad, right? Like that's pretty good if you're the Pirates. Has a lot of control over both of those guys, their prospects. Shortstop, right? Like, I mean, positions can always change if you're that low still in the minors, but it's not a bad deal for the Pirates. And then they go out and then they sign Michael Conforto to a little prove-it-year deal. He brings you the power. And then you bring in, you know, Xander or Trey Turner. That would be pretty, pretty rad. And then sign, I don't know. What, who, who did I say before? I don't care. Jose Quintana. Sign Jose Quintana as your fifth arm. Chris Bassett you can go out and get. You can go out and get Ross Stripling for all I care. I don't, I don't care if you were able to do that because it would add a lot more to this um, offense. The Padres, I know that there have been times when the rotation has been frustrating. But for the most part, they still find a way to piece it together. Um, assuming that Yu Darvish is going to be the same, that Blake Snell will stay healthy, that Joe Musgrove will be good, and Nick Martinez, who isn't as good as a starter as then as a bullpen guy, even still, 
Well, then you have an awesome bullpen because of Robert Suarez and Hader and hopefully Austin Adams and maybe Drew Pomerant. So there's a lot of questions around this Padres roster because they have so many players that could potentially fit the bill for another position depending on something. So what I mean by that is Nick Martinez could be a starter, but then if Drew Pomerantz is really hurt, maybe they want him in the bullpen. And that makes them want to say, let's go out and get more pitchers instead of batters. Or Pomerantz can come back super healthy, so then Nick Martinez is there, and then you're like, okay, let's go out and get some more offense or just get another starting pitcher. Blah, 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 blah. That's what's so fun, right? I just mentioned with Jake Cronenworth. What do we do with him? Do we want to move him to first? If we do, we don't have to worry about paying up for a position that's pretty shallow right now. There's not a lot of good first basemen, especially with Jose Abreu gone, right? Anthony Rizzo already signed. I mean, you have Josh Bell out there, right? But for the most part, I think that that's what's so interesting um, about this offseason, that the Padres are in a very – it must be a lot for, for Padres' um, ownership and you know uh, management right now to figure out, like, what direction exactly do we want to go in because we have a lot of different directions. And we're potentially getting back another MVP, and that's not even a signing. So that's, like, our biggest – addition will come in the way of neither money nor a trade. And that's Tatis potentially when he comes back from his suspension. So like I said, this is really exciting and everyone should be jazzed about it. Um, I don't know where the heck Trey Turner is going to go. I do not know where Michael Conforto is going to go. I'm just saying that it would be, it would be pretty rad, but do not let the big names be the only thing that you think uh, it will take to win this off season. I said this last year. Everyone wanted the Padres to go in and sign Nick Castellanos. I know it for a fact. It was Castellanos and Brian Reynolds were the two names that were brought up all the time. What happens? Brian Reynolds has a down year and Castellanos one of the worst free agent signings, dare I say, of this last year. I think he could get better, but he was pretty atrocious. Direction profile was better, right? Like he was. He just straight up was. Robbie, uh, uh, not Robbie, but um, what's his face? Michael Conforto in that bad year was better than Nick Castellanos this past year. So all I'm saying is, do not take this offseason and say they need to do blank. I think that there's a lot of fun possibilities, and that's why I do not like it when people's entire analysis is just, yeah, duh, go sign the best player. It's like, well, yeah, I, I would love that, but the Padres don't need to do that right now. They have stars. They do. It's a question of surrounding you with depth. That way you can have some guys who break out. Maybe you have another Grisham-like playoff moment, right? They're going to sign Michael Conforto, and he's going to hit six home runs in three games and carry the Padres to the World Series. Of course, I'm being hyperbolic, but that's that's my vibe. That's my, my vibe right now. I think that because of Kim and Tatis, it's totally possible that the Padres want to go in this direction. And maybe ownership, I wouldn't put it past Silers and all of them, to be like, you know what, screw it, let's go. Because this last season was so great. It was so effective. Let's just go. Like, screw it. We don't care about the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like, we don't We don't care. Who, like, let's just go. Let's just go out there. We're going to sign you. We're going to sign Turner or Bogarts. Then we go out and trade for Brian Reynolds. And then we do Conforto because Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres is super smart. He's got the best hair in the game. He's got the best hoodie game out there. He's got the best Twitter handle, at Javapeno, in the game. We're going to trust him. Then we're going to go out and sign whoever the heck to round out the rest of the rotation. Corey Kluber, that's what the Padres should do. Bring back bring back their mistakes. And what I mean by that, bring back the bad Corey Kluber trade. <coughs> 
I would have said at one point, bring back Anthony Rizzo, right? Bring back Mr. Trey Turner. It would be a kind of fun, like, off-season narrative theme for them to go around, which is like, hey, y'all, we apologize. We traded you guys way too early. We shouldn't have, so we're bringing you back. All right, let's go win this thing. That would be fun. I would very much enjoy that for the amount of fun I could have simply with tweets about how the Padres literally just went out and re-signed all their past mistakes and that A.J. Peller is now a god, right? Totally possible. But in the end, that's why I recommend everyone checking out. There are a lot of undervalued free agents this year. And I think more than last year, there are free agents in this market. It's kind of like there's not a middle ground in this year's free agent class. That's what it doesn't feel like that to me. Which means, or I shouldn't say what means, because of that, I'm also interested to see there's someone out there in this class that is not being valued highly enough. Maybe it's Joey Gallo. Maybe he's going to have that year that he had with the Rangers before he got traded. Just a high power, on base, fielding guy that someone's going to pay like a one year, 10 million for. It's totally possible. Like, I could see it. There are these undervalued free agents that I think people are giving up on. Even Clevenger to a very small extent. Eh, maybe not Clevenger. But you get to my point, ladies and gentlemen. Mitch Haniger, that's another player. You want some power? There you go. Keep an eye out, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of options out there, and I'm sure AJ Preller and management are very full aware. And that's what makes this offseason so exciting. And we're going to be breaking it all down here at Lockdown Padres. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Rest this week. I might have some crossovers planned. I don't know for sure. But tomorrow, hopefully, we're finally going to talk about, do some more player reviews of this year. I'm going to be talking to my catchers tomorrow uh, because I'm really excited to talk about Jorge Alfaro and Austin Nola and Luis Campizano. Just this three-headed chimera of of something. Uh, not a nice word that I want to say right now, right? Just a really confusing year. And somehow Jorge Alfaro comes out. It is incredible. So we're going to be talking about all of that. Going to be breaking down more Padres players, more Padres moments. And if the winter meetings keep going the way that they've been going with DeGrom and trade requests and trade turn and all this, if they keep going this way, might have some more news. And I promise you, after the Padres make these big moves that Nostradamus Reyes just predicted, oh yeah, you're going to get good content. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.